We're going to jump right into our, our continuing our series this morning called The Attitudes to Be, and that's based out of Matthew chapter 5. How many of you know that Jesus went up on the mountain and, and his disciples followed him there, and he began, began to give them insight, and we're not going to stay in Matthew chapter 5. We're kind of going to kind of make a, a turn this morning, but Jesus gives us eight attitudes, eight inward attitudes there, and on every single one, he leads off with the word blessed. Everybody say Blessed. And, and blessing is one of those words, it can kind of become a habit like, you know, walking through the, the park and just saying, hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? But blessing is how the whole thing is tied together. And so Jesus gives us eight inward attitudes, the scripture says, that brings blessings into our life, that gives us the kingdom of God, that helps us uh, uh, be comforted by the Holy Spirit, that leads us into to places to be overcome when things come against us. And so I want to take that this morning. The word blessed is a, is a powerful word. It means happy, and it means moving forward. Everybody say moving forward. And so God says, I want you happy. I want you, I want you moving forward. I want you filled with my joy so that you can operate in the kingdom, and you can, you can you know, see your enemies change, and you can, you can get that job that you promised. But how many of you know that it's important to understand on the front end that, that when you're talking about honoring God, we're talking about putting him first? When God is first in our lives, it opens up the door for everything else. If you get this backwards, then there'll always be an inward struggle uh, with inward attitude. It's kind of like Mike was saying that there. There's areas of life where our faith goes strong, but there may be other areas where we think, hey, you know, we're trying to hold on, still trying to manage something ourselves. But when you give your, your willpower over to God and you put him first in your life, then everything else will line up. Now, that doesn't mean trouble-free. Everybody say, that doesn't mean trouble-free. It's real important because as, as believers, I don't know if you've read the Bible enough, but if you read, read it any time at all, you'll discover we were created to deal with trouble. We were, de we were created to deal with chaos and to operate through that. And so we're going to dive into that here in a second. But in, in, So I want to shift. There's several places in the Scripture where, where we learn about the blessed life or about being blessed. One is Matthew chapter 5. Another is Psalms 112 where it says, Blessed is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. And then it, and it leads into all these promises that happen for the blessed man, which the blessed man is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his blessing. So who's the blessed man? The man that fears the Lord delights greatly in his blessing. That's what the scripture says. And then there's Deuteronomy chapter 28. And one of the, one of the, thing, one of the places when you think about blessings uh, that many times are the word blessed that we go to is Deuteronomy chapter 28. And so I kind of want to kick this off today because we're talking about having that inward attitude to change. Let me say this before we go any further. In Romans chapter 12, God gives us a, a pathway. Paul gives us a pathway to discipleship. And the first thing that he talks about after he talks about being transformed or renewing, he talks about humility. He talks about uh, all the inward changes. If you'll read all those, all that whole chapter, he talks about how to deal with persecution. Well, Jesus does the same thing in Matthew chapter 5. He teaches first thing, humility. Then he talks about the comforter who helps you when you're giving up the old life to step into the new life. He talks about how, how to deal with that, that we deal gentle and we're meek. Not weak, come on, but meek, which means uh, strength under control. And so he lays that out. So continue to study Matthew chapter 5 in this series. But I want to hop into Deuteronomy chapter 28, if that's okay. Is that okay with you? Okay. Matthew chapter 28, 1 through 6. And we're reading out of the message translation this morning. I, I'm not going to read all of this, but here's the key part. He says, if you listen obediently 
to the voice of the Lord your God and heartily obey his commandments that I command you today, God your God will place you on, on high, high above the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you, spread beyond you. Everybody say beyond. Because you have responded to the voice of God. Now, how many of you want blessing in your life? You want to operate as the blessed man. All of us do, right? But I love the way this is laid out here. And so God is a God that wants to be pursued. He's a, the scripture even uses one text where he's, it says that he's a jealous God, which means he, he, wants, he wants to be first in our life. Are you with me here this morning? And so it's not just saying, hey, we woke up out of the womb blessed, because that's not the, not the truth. The scripture says that, that, uh, that when we, we came into this world, how many of you know we weren't born again? And there comes a moment in life where that, that, that transformation happens, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But the key here, Moses is talking to his people, and he says, if, everybody say if, you will listen obediently to the voice of your God, and then he talks about all these blessings will come down. Uh, God's blessing in the city, God's blessing in the country, God's blessing on your children. Now, I just heard you yelling and screaming during worship when, when we're talking about these things because this is how our life exists. We want our kids blessed. We want to overcome darkness. We want to be in a position, come on, not only to, to have blessing come to us, but to get through us. Come on. And we do that here at the Live Church. We want our, our legacy to go beyond so that nations can be reached and, and our grandchildren are serve God and our great-grandchildren to serve God. And so Jesus came and shed his life. I mean, this is Moses talking before Jesus ever came. I mean, this in itself is a pretty good blessing, but how many of you know we have a greater covenant through Jesus, but all of these things apply. So he, so he says that uh, God's blessing on your children, the crops of your land, the, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds. Now we're in West Texas, this makes sense. It, it talks about paying your Dillard's card and, your, and mowing your grass and a new house and a better job. Come on, somebody. That your kid who was rebellious for years and everybody said wouldn't make it, come on, has a turn in their life and begins to profess the name of Jesus. Come on. And, and it looked like they didn't have a call, and all of a sudden the anointing gets on their life and things change. Are you with me here today? We're talking about the blessing of God today in our lives. Jesus, Jesus declared eight blessings. Moses is talking to his people. Now, I want to stop there and kind of jump into a different thought pattern just for a moment. And, and you know, in pursuit, thinking in pursuit, pursuing God. You remember when you had that, that, that guy or that girl in your life and you thought, hey, this could be the one. I'm the only one. This could be the one. And, you, and all of a sudden, your attention shifted. Before, you know, before, before, you know, for you guys, you were out hanging with the boys, and it's, and it's guys always, and it's we're never going to break this pact. And all of a sudden, this little filly shows up, and all of a sudden, your attention changes. Are you with me here? Again, am I the only one that that's happened to? Okay. And so, just making sure, and so all of a sudden, everything shifts. You quit hanging out. You quit showing up to play basketball. You quit showing up to throw darts. You, all of a sudden, you know, you're checking your phone every five minutes thinking, boy, I hope she texts me, or, or, or she's thinking, I hope he puts a ring on it. Come on. And so, you know, that's, what, that's the same attitude. God compares marriage to, to our relationship with him. And so it's like that in pursuit. When we're pursuing God, obeying God is not God saying, here's all these rules and here's all these things and you've got to line up everything perfect so that everything works out. Obeying God is a relationship. There, there is obedience even in marriage. If you don't think so, then go home. Come on, men, go home and then all of a sudden go, go, go take about five dirty dishes and just throw them in the sink and then walk out the front door and think there's not going to be some obedience. Come on. 
that comes into play. You're going to deal with it at some point. Come on. And even if you think you're not going to deal with it, oh, she hasn't forgot about it, believe me. Now, I don't do that. Come on, I, wash, I try to wash dishes and help, but, but that's just me. And so looking at the scenario, God wants to be pursued. Everybody say pursued. He wants an intimate relationships. He wants the zeal to be there where it's the same kind of fling. He's your first love, the scripture says. And so that zeal draws you towards him. It's that, that passion. I'm talking to people today that I believe, come on, whose light is shining in this world and making a difference. And so there's, there's a passion that takes place in our relationship with God as we're pursuing him. And, and it's not perfect, but, but, it, but it is important, right? And so because there are things that we, we need to understand that when you follow God, come on, there will be some battles you face in life. There will be some, some things. I, 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 was, I, I find it interesting just, just reading the Bible that you look at God. He takes the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he takes them to the desert, he didn't take them, come on, he didn't take them to, to Six Flags. He didn't take them to the water part. The scripture says that he takes them out of Egypt and moves them into the desert. How many of you, God is, God is obscure. And he has a whole different, different, different path. And so you've got to come to terms with this. If you're going to live in the blessing and, you, and, and walk this thing out, then we've got to understand up front that, number one, this thing isn't about us. This thing is about the will of God in our lives. And the will of God doesn't always make sense to the natural mind. And so the, there's, in order to take that shift, I'm sure when the children of Israel left Egypt and stepped out into the desert, they thought, God, what are you doing? But God has obscure ways of taking you from point A to point B, and it may not always look like you think it should look like. Can we deal with that this morning? And so he, he's teaching us here. So in, 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 in Deuteronomy chapter 28, jump into verse 7 with me. And I want to give you four things this morning that God gives those who pursue him. Four things that God gives those who pursue him. Everybody say, I'm blessed, which means happy and moving forward. And we, and we also are pursuing God, which means that we have zeal, we have steady interest, that we are following Jesus. Everybody say, I'm following Jesus. And so, number one, we're going to talk about protection. Number two, we're going to talk about provision. Number three, we're going to talk about process. And number four, if we get there, we're going to talk about people. Not bad. We're just going to talk about people, right? That was a joke. Okay. And so, so in the process, listen, God offers us in, 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 in serving him, this is really powerful, he offers us protection. Everybody say protection. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7 in the message translation says, God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They come, at you one, uh, they come at you on one road, but they will run away on seven roads. Come on. How many of you say that's a pretty good promise right there? That God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road, but they'll run away on seven roads. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. I like that word form right there. And if we, we're going to sit here just for a second. How many of you know there's a difference between the word form and the word create. The word form can only develop from what already is in existence, okay? And so it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And so in, 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 God's, God's the God who created. He's the creator. Everybody say God's creator. And so it says, no weapon formed against you. What that means is what the enemy will do is he'll take something that's already in existence. He'll take something because he doesn't have the power to create. He only has the power to pervert. And so he'll take something that's already in existence and he'll try to form it into a shape. That's what the word form means. 
and he'll try to form it into a weapon to use against you. So something that you did 10 years ago, come on, all of a sudden pops up in your head and you think, boy, I'm disqualified because I made this kind of mistakes in my life. Or, or, or a weapon formed against you could be that there's some moment that, that all of a sudden God used, or the enemy uses something from the past to stop your forward progress. And so it's formed against you. Are you with me? And so that happens. You, you, you ever know, notice that in life you think you're managing things beautifully and all of a sudden something pops up you didn't see coming? And you're thinking, man, where did that come from? It's a weapon that's formed against you. But the scripture says for those who love the Lord, those who fear the Lord, those who are in relationship with the Lord, it says that those weapons won't prosper. And so, so that's a powerful thing, but we've got to come to the terms that there will be weapons that try to form against you at times. And how we respond to that dictates how we move forward. And so if a weapon is formed against me and I give in to it, come on, then I've, then I've fallen for the bait and we've all done that at times in our life, come on. And, and, and we've got to realize that we're in, we're, we've got to be in spiritual awareness at all times. And when we relax, sometimes it's easy to, to get a victory in your life or something great happened in your life or marriage or business or whatever it is. And, you know, we want to get in celebration mode. And listen to me, we need to have fun and we need to celebrate. But we don't celebrate by putting our spiritual awareness on the back burner. How many of you know, he, the scripture says we're fighting the good fight of faith. And it is a fight. Man, you gotta fight for your family. Come on. Women, you gotta fight for, for blessing on your husband and the things that you're called to do in life. It's not just handed to you because if it was, come on, we'd all take the easy route in life. God never said that we'd take an easy route. He said that he's, uh, uh, I love that Paul said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race. I, and I think all of us wanna be in that position to say the same thing. But listen, God's protection is on our lives. And our, God's protection doesn't disqualify us from having attacks come, come at us, but it sure does make a difference in the end, come on, when we're victorious in Jesus. And, and, and I got to thinking about that, you know, as a, as a kid, all of us probably had enemies as a kid. You, you ever, did you have that person in your neighborhood or that person down the street, and it's just like, man, this, this I just, you know, can I, can I be honest this morning? It's just, you, you're like, man, I, I can't stand this person. And we viewed them as an enemy. And when we saw them coming, we, you know, our chest went out and our language changed and, and all those kind of things. For most of you, it was someone in the neighborhood. For me, it was my sister. <laughs> I got permission to tell this story, okay? And so, no, we really weren't enemies, but we did have some good battles. And so, I'm gonna tell you a story. But, so one time, we're, my parents were in Portland, Oregon, and, uh, and so my sister and I stayed at the house and my grandma Nelda was in charge. She was, she was the angel that was encamped about us at the time. And so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going around and her and I, could ha we, we could have some battles because we knew how to provoke one another. Same way the enemy knows to provoke you in certain ways. An enemy knows your weaknesses. An enemy knows those kind of things. And, and it doesn't, you know, and I'm not saying that my sister was the enemy, but this day she was, okay? Get, get what I'm saying here. I love her with all my heart. And so, so we're in this, this, this the, uh, the house there in the living room and we're going through whatever we were facing. All of a sudden the, the, the tides turned and we start talking limp to each other. And it turned into a feud. I'm telling you what, and, and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the bigger brother and, and I'm, I'm thinking, man, I, you, know, you, you, need, you know, just shut your mouth. You can't handle this. And so I go to walk off and when I do, I got tackled big time from the backside. I didn't see it coming. It's always the hit that you don't see coming. But Angela laid out like a demon. I'm telling you, it was like, 
And so she runs and she just lays completely out and she, she hits me right in the ribs and I go down. And when I went down, my head went in between a flower plant holder and I couldn't get out of it. And I took the beating of my lifetime that day. And I had my grandma there who's screaming and yelling, stop, stop, and trying to be the angel. Eventually gets us broke, you know, get the thing broken up. But I've never forgot it because I literally, the worst butt kicking I ever took in my life was by my little sister. And so in your life, listen to me, there are going to be times where you don't see something coming. And, and i tell you another story about when she stabbed me in the leg with a pencil one time, and, but, but we won't go there, Angela. I told her I'd get her back eventually. No. I'm just kidding. I did get permission to tell the story, okay? So lighten up, all right? And so anyway, so we, we had our battles, but you also have your battles. And you have the, the things that, that the enemy tries to use as a weapon against you. But the scripture says that the angels of God, that they're, they're, the angel is encamped about us. And I love the thought there. Another scripture says this in Psalms 34, 19, it says, the righteous person may, may, may have many troubles. So there's the word. We're going to face some trouble. Everybody say trouble. And I'm re, uh, it says the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him of all. But the Lord delivers him of all. So we have the promise we're going to be delivered from the trouble, but that doesn't mean that the trouble's not going to come. That doesn't mean that because we're blessed that we're exempt. Come on. It's not like taking class at the end of the semester where the enemy says, hey, you did good all semester. You're exempt from any trouble. About the time you step out, listen, the enemy cannot create, but he can form all those past things and try to use them as a weapon against you. And what happens, though, in, in life is that many times we start looking at people as the enemy. And people are not the enemy. People are messed up, and people have issues, and we've all been hurt by people. But when you try to bring all of the, the messed up stuff in life onto one person, come on, that's not, that's not really fair because, come on, uh, human beings can be influenced by the enemy, but it doesn't mean they are the enemy. And so we've got to learn in life, come on, our battle is not with flesh and blood. The scripture says our battle is with principalities and with powers and, and rulers of darkness. In other words, the calling's so big. Come on, you got, you got the enemy trying to form things against you. But if you're in spiritual awareness, those things can't prosper. It doesn't mean there won't be many troubles. It just means that you're going to have many victories in your life in the process of those troubles. Come on, am I, am I making sense this morning? So it says here in Psalms 34, 7 says, For the angel of the Lord is a guard. And he surrounds and he defends all those who, who are for him. Can I get four guys real quick uh, to come up and help me? Four, can I get four men and then one, one other person? And as they're coming, I'm going to read this scripture. It says in, in, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. So just, just kind of stand right there in a circle. If I can get one more... Uh, Brittany, come help. You get to be the devil. Or Steve's going to be the devil. And so in this process, look, he says, be strong and courageous. He will never leave you and forsake you. So in life, what ends up happening is because we're in spiritual awareness that, that God is first in our life, I, I need four of you here and one of you on the outside. Steve, you're on the outside. So what ends up happening is obedience Obedience brings the presence of the Lord towards me. Y'all can turn around and face the other way if you'll face out. And so I'm in the presence of the Lord right here. 
And so I'm in this place where I know that God is first. We're in this place right here. We've made Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives. We've determined that the blood of Jesus is covering us. We're not, the old man is dead. We're walking into the new life. We're in a different place. And so the scripture says that, that, that when trouble comes or when, or when there's many troubles, it says that the, the Lord delivers us from them all. And so we're in a place where we get a hold of the word of God. And, and this Steve over here, he's the enemy. And so he's trying to get in this circle, but the angels of God are encamped about. Come on. The angels of God, so he, he's trying to get in here. I'm, I'm started tithing. Come on. God's doing powerful things, and all of a sudden this thing from the past shows up, tries to get in here. Y'all got to work with me. Come on. And so you got to work, try to get in here. And so I'm, I, I'm tithing, doing well, and all of a sudden, come on, that, that, the tempter tries to get in here. But listen to me, because God is first in my life. God is first in my life. He can't get in. Come on. We've made improvements in our marriage. Started confessing it's going to be better. Started loving like we've never loved before. And every, uh, that doesn't mean the enemy's not going to try to get in. Listen, he's a defeated foe. And, and it doesn't mean that he's not forming my past against me. It just means that my past can no longer be acceptable because my future is engraved in the blood of Jesus. And so... We have this protection around us, and listen, thank you guys, even though we can't see it on a daily basis, come on, and even though that our, our natural mind can't comprehend what God is doing, God is always doing something around us. Listen to me, and the scripture said it goes beyond us to our children's children. And so now, listen to me, the same hedge of protection that's around you is now around your kids, and now around your grandkids, and now around the, those that you have influence over. Come on, what I'm saying to you, church, is that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And, and it's because of the blood of Jesus. Somebody say, I like that. And so we're in this place because we are the righteous. Come on. And we realize that our enemy's not people. Our enemy, come on. Our, our enemy is the influence of, 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 I'll just say it, Satan who wants to come to destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. If you want your life to change, if you want your family to change, then line up in obedience to God and accept what he has for you. Now, listen to me, that is a process. Come on, we'll talk about that here in a moment. But make a decision that God is going to be first in my life. And as you connect to that and you start releasing it, then things begin to shift and, th and, and, and things will change. Number two, number two, four we're talking about four things that God gives those who pursue him. Number two, he gives us provision. He gives us provision, and, and, and provision simply means God's supply. It means that God is providing something to your life. Now, uh, let me say this up front, that God's provision isn't always in the form of what you want, Okay? God's provision isn't always in the form of what you want, so, you know, he's not going to turn a Big Mac, come on, into, into a Whopper. You know what I'm saying? The scripture says he will give you the desires of your heart, but God is first in our life, right? And if God is first in our life, then he, the scripture says that he provides provision, that he meets all of our needs. And so in, the, in that system, which means God has a system of economics, he, he's, he, he's, a, he's a supplier of provision, but when we put God first, it means that, that, that we're putting ourselves in position to say, God, our life is no longer our own. And it's not just about me. I, 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 the scripture says, to him who has, more will be giving. Why do we tithe? Why do we offer? Because we realize that we own nothing. Come on, that our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 
And as we put him first and we release our tithe into the kingdom of God to go reach children and marriages and, and be an influence, because it's a portion, the tithe is a portion of your time, but the scripture says it belongs to God. And so when we trust God, it's powerful. You know, there, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham, you know, God tells him to go make a sacrifice and to, and to take his son up on the mountain. And so God does a lot of things on mountains if you start, start really paying attention. So Abraham's willing to do so. He takes his son on the mountain, takes him up to sacrifice him. And so they get up there. The other guys are saying, well, what are you going to use to sacrifice here? And he said, don't worry about it. God will provide. And in that moment, the scripture says a ram came out of the thicket that God provided a sacrifice. He provided a ram in that moment. But listen, Abraham, the scripture said, the reason that God operated and came through is because the scripture says that Abraham didn't withhold anything from God. And so what happens, uh, and, and then he said that God, that they named the name of the place. At the last second, the ram came out. They sacrificed the ram as the sacrifice, but he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham was going to do it. Go back and read it for yourself. Genesis chapter 22, he withheld nothing for the Lord. It's kind of like what Mike talked about a while ago. I've initiated faith over here. I've initiated faith in these areas, but sometimes we struggle in the one area of letting go. Listen to me. When you let go and say, God, I'm withholding nothing from you. I'm not, I'm not withholding my marriage, my finances, my children. Come on, I'm not withholding my attitude. I want an attitude that represents you. And I'm not withholding anything for you. My life does not belong to me. I've given it over to you. You have every part of me. Listen, and that, that's a process too, but it starts with a faith stance. And you take the step of faith in that whole, the whole, the whole deal. I mean, it's powerful. Uh, and then God comes through. I loved it. In Genesis chapter 22, it said he named, he named the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. And Jehovah Jireh place that God provided. How many places in your life can you look back and say, man, I remember we were going through this, but God came through and provided in my life. You've heard Pastor Walt and Miss Joanne talk about the story of Erica and how God came through and God provided. You've heard Pastor Walt talk about the story of how we were going to get this building and it looked impossible and God said, it's not if, it's how, and to begin to shift, come on, and God came through and I'll let, you tell the, let Pastor tell the rest of that story next week. But, but you start looking into the places that God provided. You know, and I, I, when my wife and I started dating, she worked three jobs, trying to make it as a single mother and, 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 and operating and moving and going. Come on, somebody. And now, come on, if she wants to work, she gets to work. If she don't want to work, she don't have to because God always comes through. I can remember struggling and trying to meet, meet, meet things in our own lives. We're just week to week, check to check, this and that. All of a sudden you look up and God, God has a way of increasing because if he can get it to you, church, he'll get it through you. And I'm not just talking about money today. I'm talking about purpose in life and what you're called to do. God's blessing is always bigger because there's always more people to reach. But we can always take the time to say, what are the, what are the places in my life that God came through? What are the places in my life when I, when I couldn't figure it all out and I'm thinking, God, I'm never gonna get out of these situations and God comes through at the last second. Come on, somebody. That's what the blessing of God does. <laughs> Psalm 37, 25, can I give you scripture? And we're almost through this morning. It's Psalm, Psalm uh, 37, verse 25. I love this scripture. It says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken 
or is seed begging bread. God always, God always has a source to supply. God always has a person he speaks to. God always has, has some way of moving that causes supply to happen in our lives. He provides. Somebody say he provides. And so look at your hands this morning. Just look at your hands and say, God, these hands are not my own. This life is not my own. If God can get it to me, God will get it through me. Come on, somebody. And everything in God always ends up being a blessing and a story and a hope for someone else that happens, anything that happens to us, amen? And so I love that scripture. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. You ever heard Pastor Walt get up here and beg for money in this church? Come on, somebody. Because our father owns a cattle on a thousand hills, but we always move in vision. When you move in vision, come on, then God's seed can go to work. When you go to nations, God's seed can go to work. The scripture says, cast your bread on the water and many days you'll find it. In order to cast my bread on the water, it means that I can't withhold, I let go. And that's in every, every area of your life. But as we let go, listen to me, when it comes back, it always comes back increased because the scripture says God does exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you can ask or think. And so today we're all sitting here in our lowest level looking into our future and as God supplies, come on, we just continue to be a blessing. We just continue to reach out. We continue to walk in love. We continue to speak words of life, even if you don't feel like it. Come on, somebody. And so God has a way of bringing provision to his people. If he's got to speak through a burning bush, he'll do it. If he's got to move a mountain, he'll do it. Come on, somebody. If he's got to take a young man who, who had it all, you know, looked like he had it all together and send him into slavery and send him into Potiphar's house. We can talk about Joseph all day long. God will find the right path for that person to get them in the right place. So quit looking at the path you need to take and be willing to go to the places that God's called you to go to and it's always, it may not be comfortable, but it'll always lead to destiny, amen? It'll always lead to something bigger. Joseph, I'm sure, didn't want to be sold into all that slavery, be in a pit, but he sure did make a ruler who was generous and took those people to a different place. Come on, God's doing the same thing with you and your family. He's brought you in so that he can deliver you so that you can make a difference in your family, so that you can make a, a difference in, 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 in your workplace and everywhere you go. I know I'm hurrying. I'm trying to hurry today. Number three, number three, Deuteronomy 28, 9. We're talking about process. God will form you, listen to this, as, as a holy people to him, just as he promised you, if you keep the commandments of God, your God, and live the way that he has shown you. Go back to that word. What did it say here? God will form you. God will form you. This is where it gets powerful. God will form you. We read earlier that, that no weapon formed against you would prosper. And, and again, for, a forming has to do with, with what's already been created, okay? And so right here it says in the part, part of the process that God takes you through, God will form you. The word we use in the New Testament is to transform. Be, be, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can do the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So there's a transformation. That word trans means to cross over. It means to cross over. The word form means to take the shape of God. And so it says that God will form you. Listen to this. You're not formed by your daddy's DNA. Come on, somebody. You're not formed by your family's generational curses. You're not formed by what's happened in the past. It says that we've been transformed, which means that we've crossed over. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you cross over from death to life. And so there's the word trans, to cross over from death to life and to get formed into the shape 
that God has for you. And so we cross out of darkness. We cross out of defeat. We cross out of those old places, those old way of thinking. And we cross over into this new life, the scripture says, in Jesus. And God begins to form your life. And so when you're transformed, it just means that you crossed over. You made a decision. I'm no longer going to live in defeat. I'm no longer going to live for the enemy. I'm no longer born into into the world of sin. I've been born again. Come on, somebody. I've crossed over from death to life. And now God is forming and shaping my marriage and my family and my children. And he's moving in my life in a whole new way. Are you with me here this morning? And so God wants to transform. All through this service, we've heard the word blessing. We've heard the word, uh, we've prayed over families. You know, we did a communion. In the green room, they talked about families. Listen to me. God gets involved in families. God gets involved in relationships. God gets involved in ways that, 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 that we can no longer, listen to me, you can't form yourself to health. I'm not, I'm not talking about physical health. I'm talking about inward strength. You can't, you can't fake it till you make it. You can't, you can't decide, hey, you know, we're just gonna, we're gonna manage this situation. Listen, allow the vulnerability of God to begin to work in your life and make the decision that I'm crossing over from death to life. And because I've crossed over through the gateway that Jesus created, how many of you know there's only one name which, which a man can be saved, and that's through the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus gave us the ability to cross over from death to life so that his heavenly Father, come on, could shape us and form us into what he's called us to be. And each and every one of you have that calling today. And in your families, not only that, listen to me, God will shape your relationship with him then God will shape your relationship with your, with your family. Can you imagine what would happen if God begins to mold your relationship with your family? Come on, there's hope in that, church. There's hope in that, church. And some of you are thinking, man, there's a lot of damage done. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of stuff going on. But I have real good news for you today. Come on. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus always has a way to go beyond what it looks like. And so maybe in your family you're thinking, hey, there's some things that have been holding me back. There's some things my son's never going to change or my wife's never going to change or my husband's never going to change or, you know, God may need to restore some relationships that you think are irreparable. But listen, because you crossed over from death to life, all things became possible. When you crossed over from death to life, come on, somebody, he meets your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you cross over into the new life, come on, We line up in the will of God, and when we're in the will of God, and all of our offenses are gone, and our hurts, and our pains, and we're just focused on Jesus, all things become possible. All things become possible, and God will open doors in your family. I just sense that this morning. God will open doors in your family that you could never do on your own. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we just celebrate the the fact that you're here and you're moving, Father God, and sometimes we're plowing. But Father, we ask you right now, just in each and every person's life, Lord, we just pray that you're moving in families today. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I need a miracle in my family. I need a miracle in my family. I want you to raise your hand this morning. So we want to pray with you. See see those hands, those hands. Come on, let's just be bold today because we all all have miracles we need. I I need a miracle in my family. Listen, I'm going to ask you right there where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to come down front, every head bowed and every eye closed. 
But right there where you're at, I'm going to ask you to stand up in representation for that family member. If you have a family member you're believing God or, or something in your family or relationship change, listen, God wants to move in that situation this morning. And so we're just going to pray together. Father, we thank you. Now right there, just lift your hands in heaven in representation. God can restore families. God can restore families. He's been doing it for years. But Father, we thank you for that blessing on our life today. We thank you that life is happening here. Hope is happening here. Dreams are happening here. And listen, guard your heart in this moment because the enemy will try to use this against you because some of you are getting a dream back for your family. And that life's coming back into play and that hope is coming back into play. And that generational gap, that thing that, 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 that you think you can't get through, God's already working it out. You take authority over the enemy because no weapon formed against you will prosper as you stand in the gap. But we're fighting, on, we're fighting on our knees here today. We're fighting in faith here today. And Lord, we speak. Say this with me. Father God, I give it over to you. I ask you to move in my family. I ask you to touch hearts. I ask you to arrange things and repair things that only you can repair. Let love live again. Let power live again. Let hope live again in the name of Jesus. And we celebrate the fact, Father, that you called us blessed. And you said because we're the blessed man that you would reach our children and our grandchildren. Father, we ask you to repair father and mother relationships today. Things that look impossible, we ask you to fix. We ask you to stir Lord, words that have been spoken, we break them today in the name of Jesus. Things that hold us back right there, even live stream in your, in your living room today. Things that are holding you back. God is about to shift some things in your family. God's about to shift some things in your home and, and even in relationships that you haven't thought in years. God has a way of just molding and mending. He makes a way where there's no way and he's the God of all possibility. In Jesus' name. Just... Come on, let's just give the Lord a hand this morning. We thank you. We bless you. And if you're here today and, 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 you know, in any way, thank you for being obedient in that. You can stand to your feet with me this morning as we get ready to dismiss. But listen, God is moving mightily. If God can change a man, God can change a family. Listen, we can change the world together. God's moving, I'm telling you. I heard Pastor talk about it earlier in the week. He said, once a man gets changed, he goes from being a tipper to a tither. I thought, man, that's good, and that's country, and I like it. Listen, we love you. We're standing with you. Listen, there's going to be moments because of the stance you just took where, where, where you're going to look up and say, ah, it doesn't look like anything's happening. When they left from Egypt to the desert, it didn't look like anything was happening. But God had a plan. You keep standing. You keep fighting. You keep believing, and you keep going. Amen.